Emerald City Comic Con and Nerd Rock Icons Kirby Crackle bring you Crackle Fest 9 on March 15th from the Hard Rock Cafe in Seattle, hosted by the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Enjoy a night of rocking out like the nerds you are with a lineup featuring Halifax based nerd rapper Word Burglar. Yo, this is for the rental patients selecting discs and cassettes for play. Portland's own super duo, Mega Thruster. And of course, the master of nerd rock themselves, Kirby Crackle. It's the new, it's the telly, my broken heart. You went and watched the show, you promised that you'd wait to start. Advanced tickets are just $15, tickets at the door, 18 This is a 21 and over show, so come on and celebrate the nerd culture with music, comedy, and themed drinks. Doors open at 8 p.m., show starts at 8.30. Head on over to kirbycracklemusic.com for ticket info and all things Cracklefest. Mike Cybert Radio is an independent podcast. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host and the guests only and do not necessarily reflect those of any broadcasters that any of us either have been, am now, or will be affiliated with. Enjoy the show! Welcome back to Mike Cybert Radio. I am your host. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I'm at Mike Cybert Radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and write into the mailbag, MikeCybertRadio at gmail.com. And that spelling is S-E-I-B-E-R-T, just the way that it sounds, and uh, no relation to Sabertron.com. Uh, I, I don't know how you get that pronunciation from that spelling, but here we are. Um, hey, if this is your first time listening, uh, first of all, welcome, and I'm sorry. <laughs> um, uh, this is a pop culture show from Seattle featuring spotlight interviews, independent music, and occasionally more. And this week's podcast is all about our favorite, Robots in Disguise. Um, Anthony Percali from TFU.info and Transformers University Podcast will join me shortly via Skype to talk about his coverage of New York Toy Fair 2019 happening this weekend, February 16th through the 19th, and what we can expect from the world of the Transformers, uh, especially given what we've seen over the last couple weeks. Plus, we'll talk about what's coming up on his podcast, including their blowout celebration of 1986's The Transformers. The movie. All of that and more on this all new episode of Mike Seibert Radio. But first, let's kick things off with some shout outs. So speaking of 1986 and Transformers the movie, um, uh, this last week was the 1986 fantasy movie draft on the So I Married a Movie Geek podcast, one of my favorites, and uh, uh, Dave Champa from uh, Champa and Klein, the Knight Rider years, uh, picked Transformers the movie as part of his team of the best movies of 1986 in their fantasy draft game. Um, I had already said on Twitter previously before the draft that I'd throw my vote their way if anybody picked Transformers the movie um, not to put my finger on the scale but let's listen to a clip from that fantasy movie draft 
It's time for round three, and Dave gets another pick on top of that. What do you got, Dave? All right, so my next pick here, um, it's kind of a toss-up. I'm trying to decide between animated or sports, and I think my round three pick is going to be Transformers the movie. What? Super early. That's That's so early. I may have just... It's on my list, but it's early. You blew your wad. I, yeah. You blew your David I, Bowie wad. Are you, try, are you trying to get the Mike Siebert vote? Is this... What kind <laughs> of bullshit is this? I may oh, have... Really? <laughs> I may or may not have just cracked my crystal balls with this one, but I I absolutely love this movie. 100%. It's just... It's the best. I mean, the death of Optimus Prime... Everything about it. Everything about it is just it's it's, uh, it's spoilers, awful. man. Spoilers. Spoilers. Whoops. For a come, it, we're past spoilers time, guys. There's come on. <laughs> uh, I think this is super high. There was already talk about this again on Twitter before we even did this draft, and uh, round three. Uh, wow. Yeah, okay. I debated it. I thought I, I debated if it was going to be too high, but I I, I got to go. I I had to go with it. Chris, shampoo. What do you think? Amazing movie. I had it on my list as uh, maybe round four, but probably round five pick. Yeah, seems like a round fiver to me. Mm. We'll see. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you said you were debating with yourself, guess what, Dave? You just lost. You <laughs> you you lost that debate. So, I- oh man. <laughs> oh, we'll see. We'll see. Does Optimus Prime show his dick in that movie? It might have been a deleted scene. I'm not. I'm it's not a, sure. <laughs> it's called a piston. It's called a piston in, in the movie. Willem Dafoe, David Bowie. You might, you might see Prime. some of his lug nuts. <laughs> yeah, so good. his trailer hitch, nice shiny chrome ball. Nice. That's what it is. It's training. Oh. So now it's time to vote. It's up to you. I've got a link uh, to the Twitter poll in the show notes, and I've shared it too. Um, and, and I just think it would be rad if we could rally the Transformers community to get that win uh, win for Dave there. Um, and listen to the entire episode as well. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Uh, you can find So I Married a Movie Geek uh, wherever you download your podcasts. Um, all right. So uh, coming up next, Anthony Bercali joins us. And stick around for a special music surprise and a preview of of the next few episodes, including next week's landmark episode number 200. You're listening to Mike Seibert Radio. Welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host, and my guest this week is a three-time Emmy Award winner. He's the owner, operator, madman behind TFU.info, the world's largest transforming toy archive, and the host of Transformers University and so much more. Anthony Bercali, welcome to the show. Hi, Mike. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I mean, this is a. I, I think we're going to have a lot of fun here. I know we've uh, kind of gotten to know each other a little bit on social media and just kind of being in the in the overall transforming podcasting community. So this is a. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, thank you. You know, and it's funny. I <laughs> I love that the madman thing has caught on. You're not the first person to introduce me that way, and I know I introduce myself that way. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's all kind of just a gag, and I, I find it really funny that everyone is kind of taken to that. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and and I'm I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but that's really one of the things that I enjoy the most about Transformers University as uh, the podcast is like you've put so many of these iconic things for us as fans and listeners 
listeners to latch on to. Um, and it's it, it's it just it, it makes it a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, so there's a lot for us to talk about. Um, I want to ask you about the podcast uh, and the toy archive, of course, and your involvement with uh, the toys that made us, you know, kind of step back and do a lot of origin story stuff. But before we get to any of that, we got to talk about Toy Fair New York coming up this weekend. Uh, so why don't we start with that? Why don't you tell us about what we can expect and what kind of coverage that we can look forward to from TFU. Okay, so uh, New York Toy Fair, uh, as it happens every year, uh, is usually the Saturday near Valentine's Day uh, is when it begins, and it runs until that following Tuesday. Um, so it runs about four days. Uh, it, it's an industry event for the toy industry, uh, mainly for uh, toy companies to um, woo in buyers from... Uh, uh, retail outlets and chains and online services and stuff, as well as show off the whole next year uh, or a good chunk of what they have uh, in the tank for the for the coming year uh, to the press. Uh, and so every year for the last, oh, it's got to be, I don't know, seven or eight years now, Hasbro has been doing a, a fan media uh, event. Uh, they call it Hasbro Fan Media Day. They have it on the Saturday and uh, they have a space in New York. It's, uh, it's at the place called the Times Center, which is right next to the New York Times building. And uh, in Midtown Manhattan, it's off-site from the main uh, Toy Fair festivities. Uh, they invite uh, a handful of um, online uh, fan sites uh, for each of their major brands, uh, Marvel, Star Wars, Transformers, My Little Pony, uh, alongside of a couple more uh, now Power Rangers and... Uh, they do a, about an hour-long presentation, kind of teasing everything that's coming, and then uh, they let you into the showroom and then show off all the stuff so that the press can take photos, tweet, uh, do you know, do their press thing. Uh, so uh, I will be there once again, tweeting out live from from the uh, presentation, which is no mm-hmm. pictures allowed, and then uh, I'll be doing uh, photos and live video on YouTube uh, from. Uh, the presentation floor, and uh, in addition to that, uh, this is the first time for me this year, I'm actually uh, uh, going to the main toy fair as press on the, the last day, the, on the Tuesday, so I will actually oh. be doing some non-Transformers coverage as well. Oh, that's awesome. How does one get involved with an industry-related uh, thing? Is it like a special invitation or a special envoy for the brand, or, or how how's that work? Uh, that's basically it. It's um, it's special invitation by Hasbro. Uh, I had reached out to them, and yeah, I don't know if it, I'm trying to remember how long ago I first did this, but uh, uh, there were a number of sites that used to get invited to Toy Fair, and I reached out to uh, Hasbro's PR firm at the time and said, "Hey, I run this website, and it's been around at that point, I, probably about eight, eight or nine years. Uh, you know, we do a lot of traffic, and I would like to, you know, be part of this." And they invited me, and I'm like, "Oh yeah," and I live locally. I'm always in New York because I'm from New York, so. Uh, uh, I think that helped as well, and uh, uh, they've pared down that number of sites over the years. In fact, the the site that uh, I used to use for Toy Fair that was run by my friend Phil, ASMZine.com, and they were doing Toy Fair back in the late 90s, uh, they, they're they actually not even invited anymore because Hasbro has pared down the numbers so much that it's it's basically myself, uh, Ben from BWTF, mm. um, saw a diecast from Radio Free Cybertron and T Formers and then uh, a couple of dudes from uh, Sabertron and TFW and 
and then and then Monzo from TF Wiki, and so it, it's really just a hand. It's it's less than the fingers on your hand. The number of transformer wow. sites that get invited. Yeah. Wow, that's that's really exclusive, and that's that's definitely the the higher echelon of heavy hitters in terms of uh, Transformers related journalism. But we've got a huge elephant in the room, right? With uh, you know, like uh, in the last, oh, I don't know, almost two weeks now, there's been a ton of leaks, a ton of uh, reveals, um, a, a totally different uh, toy show in Japan, and we've seen like a whole lot of stuff. So I guess maybe like a springboard would be is. Um, before we get into that stuff, do you think there's anything left to reveal that we may not have seen yet? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and and we run into this this quandary. Uh, we've run into this probably the last three or four years. Where, oh, okay. I mean, a year ago, everything was revealed two months before Toy Fair by a leak out of uh, an investor meeting or a sales meeting uh, that basically showed off all the power of the primes uh, through the final wave. Um, and a big chunk of studio series. So there was a year, it was last year where we almost had no surprises. Um, so yes, is there something to be seen? Absolutely. Um, there are still, uh, at least a Voyager wave, uh, that we're not confirmed on as far as generations goes. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a number of studio series line figures. Uh, there's a whole next, you know, wave of bot bots that we may see. Um, a lot of the images that came out through official channels in the last uh, two days, the Cyberverse stuff and uh, um, the Studio Series stuff, those were computer renders. Those weren't actual figure photographs. So uh, okay. there's also you know a big chunk here of things that we've only seen uh, in digital format and um, in, in 3D renderings and not mm -hmm. in actual physical models. So there, there's also that. Um, so let's uh, let's go back in time just a little bit because like uh, back on February sixth, I think this was maybe like the the first inklings of what I saw. Um, you know, we we saw a bunch of siege reveals. You know, including uh, deluxe class Mirage and Impactor, um, that all new Commander class uh, for Jetfire, and of course, uh, to the surprise of absolutely nobody, uh, Titan class Omega Supreme. So back then, um, at that point, I thought that was kind of like a huge spoiler for toy fair but uh listener nick a good buddy of mine asked if they've dropped these before toy fair what do you think they will reveal um at toy fair new york do you, do you think there's something do you think there's something big that's waiting for us seeing as how we've already seen uh titan class omega supreme uh it's entirely possible um they, they have not uh, hasbro as a whole has not announced what they're doing with uh haslab uh, whether it's one and done, I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with Haslab, but uh, mm -hmm. it was a project they did last year for Star Wars where it was a fan-funded thing for Jabba the Hutt's uh, barge, right. uh, and it was uh, a $500 item. It was enormous. Um, so, you know, there's been hints, there's been, you know, uh, you know, thoughts that maybe that might be Unicron uh, for Transformers fans. That's entirely possible. Um, you know, also, we're not, we haven't seen anything uh, further from the Select series or from... Uh, anything in terms of store exclusives so there's a whole oh, other sure. realm of things there as well um the titan usually gets teased about six months before toy fair so mm -hmm. omega supreme got teased back at new york comic con um and and same went for predaking the year before that and the yeah. same uh went for Trypticon the year before that so uh usually we actually will get to see it in person um and uh, they'll most likely you know show off the features as well so they're um, there's certainly more to see than just static images when it comes to the Titans. 
Okay. Well, and uh, I, I want to stick on the siege line for uh, just a, a quick second. And, sure. you know, it, it's interesting because, like, um, with your podcast with uh, Transformers University, I came into it a little late. I don't remember what episode was published when I discovered it, but basically I went back to the beginning and kind of binged it. So uh, one one of the uh, experiences I got through listening that way is I got to hear some of your scalding hot takes on some stuff like when, uh, as I recall, you weren't entirely keen on the idea of uh, the evergreen designs and Leaning into G one so hard. Um, what uh, what do you think of Siege now that we're um, that we're further down the line? Uh, well, uh, you know, I think the first thing is um, I think my my issue with Evergreen has been more the the notion that people thought it was a line versus uh, the idea of what Evergreen is is that Hasbro's kind of pulling everything under one umbrella to kind of uh, create consistency throughout mm-hmm. their brand. Um, that said, uh, am I? You know, I, I I like Siege. I think they're they're going far enough away from eighty four and eighty five, but still kind of keeping in that realm and hitting mm-hmm. a few things that they've never done before. I mean, I love the idea of a very G one Skyfire. I think that yeah. one is long overdue. Um, I like the idea of doing green light. Uh, you know, and and touching on these kind of uh, one off characters we've seen in the mm-hmm. background. Um, I have no problem with with what they're doing. It's more of, um, you know, there are other things to take notice of in the 35 years of the brand. And going off of some of these reveals that we've seen, they're starting to see that. And and so I think that is is also going to be interesting. The the Armada homages, the Robots in Disguise homages. There's there's a lot more, uh, I think, in the tank. And I think, you know, the thing with with Hasbro is that, you know, as, as consumers, we get... We can get fed up at a point, or we can get to a point where we're like, mm-hmm. we don't, we don't like this anymore, or we yeah. don't, we're tired of this. But they're working one or two years ahead of us, so it sometimes it takes a little while for, um, you know, the for them for Hasbro as a design team and as a as a toy maker to catch up with our tastes or our distaste. Ah, that's a good point. Like uh, a lot of course correction there. And, you know, uh, toy design is not a fast science, I would imagine, because that's kind of been my observation as well. It's like, you know, I I feel like they're kind of trying to hook in us crusty old G1ers, you know, and like once they've kind of got like that that base then it's like, well, okay, there's other fans of this franchise and of this brand. You know, let's let's start tossing them some bones. And I think uh, especially with, uh, you know, like seeing that Armada Prime and and even a, a Star Convoy, you know, and like all this other stuff. It's like they're they're going to throw out some deep cuts in this uh, in this siege uh, war for Cybertron line. And I, I think it's really cool. But I think the thing that strikes me the most about uh the this um current line is the the sheer playability of it and the uh just a weird creative wacky play patterns that um you know that folks have come up with like i i recently saw something on uh, facebook where somebody had built a, a trailer for optimus prime made entirely out of cog figures 
So, you know, you just get like like these weird things or I saw like a, you know, kind of like a a Dr. Octopus shockwave where they had racked on like three different uh, battle packs on it. And, you know, it gave them like, you know, like six arms or whatever. And just just the, the this crazy level of playability that I don't know if we've seen in the line for a while. I've seen uh, just a lot of people having fun with these toys. And um, I think that's something that, that may have been missing from the line of of late what uh what do you think on that uh, i couldn't i could not agree more i think um you know i think hasbro made a mistake when they were teasing the line at san diego uh last year mm-hmm. um they were teasing it as uh you know a return to cybertron uh cybertron before the war like they really got everybody's expectations to you know the story element of the line which it hasn't been executed uh, as well yeah. as the playability of the line, the play pattern of the line. Now, so like for me, the theme of the line isn't, oh, look, here's Cybertronia modes. The theme of the line to me is like, look how much stuff you could pile on these guys. Look yeah. how you can uh, <laughs> take the five millimeter system and really yeah. run with it. And I think that, you know, and, and sometimes we see it in in the lines. You know, I'm, I'm holding, I have them right here. And I'm just mm-hmm. kind of messing around with them. I'm talking to you is the... Yeah. Uh, the Sharktacon figure they did uh, for Power of the Primes. Mm-hmm. Uh, every so often, they have one figure in that line that kind of gives you an idea of what the next line is going to be. And this one has, uh, you know, like a ton of power, you know, five millimeter points, mm-hmm. and the weapon has two, one on each side. So people were able to make like Sharktacon combiners out of it, and people were were kind of really tooling around with this figure a lot. And it's it's almost like this was a um, proof of concept yeah. for the next thing. You know, and and another thing that that strikes me as interesting is that we haven't seen a stitch of Siege fiction yet. You know, it's like the the comics are still um, at least a couple weeks away. I think they're supposed to drop uh, mid-March. But it's interesting that this line has already just through people's imaginations imagine that you know people playing with toys and figuring out their own play patterns and stuff without the fiction to uh, support it which might be a first in transformers lore i don't know i i had to, i'd have to think on that more but it's it's interesting it almost kind of reminds me of early gi joe you know it's like where like you had like these characters and not really a whole lot to do with them at at, at first you know, I've been been seeing a lot of pictures from this uh, Japanese toy show, and I, I don't have the name of it in front of me, but there uh, Winter w- Wonderfest. Oh yes, thank you. Yes. And and we we saw all kinds of uh, cool stuff there. Um, anything on there on your radar that uh, that you would like to chat about? And obviously, since that is the Takara side, does that necessarily mean that it's stuff that's going to translate over to Hasbro and stuff that we might see at a at Toy Fair New York. Um well, I I think I think the Star Convoy from Winter Wonderfest is probably an LG EX release, a Legends exclusive uh mm-hmm. that they do in Japan every so often. Cuz that seems like the place or something like that. It it's just a heavily retooled uh Power of the Primes figure, so it wouldn't necessarily fit in mainline uh Siege. That said, with selects uh, being an option now, as far as being the exclusive line, uh, anything can happen. Uh, that could end up at your, you know, your your Amazon mid-year kind of exclusive, like they did okay. last year with Nemesis Prime. Um, the uh, so I'm just working backwards from from sure. what we saw. The 
the Voy- what seems to be a Voyager-sized Optimus Prime, uh, that's the Armada kind of supercon uh, bendy Optimus Prime, as people mm-hmm. like to call him. <laughs> I feel like that is something we might see as part of Siege. Uh, there was a lot of 5mm compatibility on that. The Armada play pattern is very similar to the Siege play pattern, so that is certainly something that would uh, uh, seem likely. Um, and they always like to keep an Optimus in in the line somewhere, yeah. and you know, so there's always one on the shelves. Um, the thing I would I found most most interesting um, uh, was well, two a couple things. One sure. were the <laughs> the Nike uh, MP10s. <laughs> which, yeah, <laughs> uh, I've never seen an Optimus mold get so many different color schemes. And I used to collect uh, G1 Optimuses in weird color schemes, okay. uh, and I couldn't really keep up with that. But the MP10s are way out of control with in, in terms of uh, uh, just oddball colors, and I, I just think it's it's kind of a great thing. Um, but the masterpiece Black Arachne is probably the biggest news for me as someone who considers Beast Wars the the pinnacle of Transformers uh, television. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, they're they're even attempting that out of out of uh, uh, Takar. I think that is uh, by far one of the uh, most unexpected things we've seen in a while. Yeah, and you know to to stick with that for a moment. Now, obviously, it's a it's a family program. No, it's not. But um, uh, there's there's a little bit of controversy uh, surrounding the design of uh, Black Arachnia. I mean, uh, she's uh, she's developed <laughs> in the uh, in the Nipular region, and um, I don't know if that's something that's going to be either uh, toned down with paint or with other tooling and designs um, or maybe just we're being pervs and we're just seeing something that's not there. But uh, what a, uh, what's your take on that? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think we're definitely seeing something that's there. I, I, I joked on another, on another podcast that uh, it looks like the photo was taken on the set, taken on the set of friends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I understood that reference. Uh, but it, it, you know what? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't, it doesn't detract on the figure for me. It doesn't add anything to the figure sure. for me either, but, um, it doesn't, it doesn't, because the fact it exists is, is kind of superseding anything, yeah. um, negative at the moment, as far as my view on the figure. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't all that long ago that you know we had that uh controversy regarding that that obnoxious uh third party upgrade rc thing that right. you know and and th- that's a whole nother ball of wax but it's interesting to see something that's an official takara product um to you know kind of have that that prominent feature and 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 i you know and i've just seen a lot of um I've seen a, a an arm of the fandom that seems upset with this the same way that they were upset with the RC kit. And I, I get where they're coming from, um but but it'll be interesting to see how the the final product uh ends up. Um yeah, that this this might not be the end of the discussion with uh with regards to that figure, but I agree with you in that it's the controversy can kind of uh, diminish that the fact that we're getting this figure that this is a this is a thing that's going to happen, and I I think that's pretty rad um, because I mean now remind me I mean you're you're a Beast Wars guy um, so have we seen anything from Masterpiece uh, besides the uh, uh, Beast Wars Megatron? 
Oh yeah. So uh this is probably the fourth or fifth. Let's see. Oh, okay. So they did uh Cheetor, they've done Optimus Primal twice, uh, in varying various color schemes. Uh they did a special edition off the Cheetor of Shadow Panther, which mm-hmm. was a uh Japanese exclusive uh recolor originally back in the nineties of just the Cheetor mold. Oh. Um and they've done uh Beast Wars Dinobot uh last year uh which is another one of those things where you're like there this one is not even possible to do and when uh they actually made it you can't believe that they pulled it off and then <laughs> uh forthcoming we have um we have uh mega beast wars megatron and now black arachnia gotcha very cool that, that that tells you how uh um not informed i am i just i i you know it, and it's interesting and i guess i gotta uh remind my listeners and and i i'm new to a lot of this like i've uh mm-hmm. you know it's like i i've been um you know a lifelong fan of the brand but in terms of like the toys i really kind of dropped off i stuck with the comics so you know even through you know like dreamwave and idw and and all of that I've always stuck with it, but yeah, just uh, the toy collecting just totally dropped off. So you know, just even like the the world of masterpiece is something that that I've just kind of um, kind of had brought to my attention over like the last year, year and a half. So so there's still a little bit of uh, uh, catching up and filling in uh, that I, that I'm still working on in terms of my fandom. Uh, but speaking of masterpiece, let's uh, let's stick with that because uh, well, at the at the Winter Wonder show you know we got some more uh pictures of mp44 uh you know of uh, uh masterpiece optimus prime version 3 but we also have seen a lot of pictures uh both from that as well as um official releases of mp45 uh which is that uh, new version of bumblebee and uh let's talk about that for a minute because that that's another thing that's kind of got the fandom all all abuzz everybody's got scalding hot takes about mp45 um uh, uh, where are you at with that? Uh, I'm kind of indifferent. I don't hate it. I don't necessarily love it. Um, I get why they're doing it. I think that's the bigger thing uh, that I, that's the one thing I see where people are really uh, adamantly against it. Mm. Don't really quite get why uh, they would do a second take on Bumblebee. I own the the previous uh, MP Bumblebee and I okay. love it. Um, it's kind of it kind of does everything I've wanted a Bumblebee figure to do. In fact, I have it within arm's reach right now. And, uh, <laughs> um, and the thing I always liked about that one is they they at least went out of their way to hide the Autobot symbol on the chest uh, because in the cartoon I know growing up uh, the thing that always drove me nuts about Bumblebee is that it was on the front of his uh, his hood yeah um, in vehicle mode and it was on his chest in robot mode and there's no explanation of how it switched mm-hmm. locations. Um, the new MP45 Bumblebee actually takes that a step further, uh, and you can, if you look at some of the images of it, you can see that the uh, the robot mode chest isn't the entire roof of the figure, mm-hmm. so uh, it gets hidden in vehicle mode, as does his uh, Autobot symbol, which gets revealed in vehicle mode, and in terms of how the figure collapses into the, uh, the vehicle mode. Uh, I think the, you know the accessories that come with this are really cool, and uh, we can go into that a little mm-hmm, bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the importance to this figure that a lot of people are missing is, look, Bumblebee, the movie, the one that we got here back in December, is about to come out in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, 
moreover, it's going to come out here in North America on video. So this is a marketing thing. This is a, hey, remember that Bumblebee movie? Here's another Bumblebee. Uh, that's just kind of how you know the world works. Um, mm-hmm. The upside to this for Transformers fans, if you hate the Bumblebee, that's fine. Uh, don't buy it. Uh, but here's the, here's the thing. It's not, uh, an, uh, as far as I know, it's not a licensed Volkswagen vehicle mode. Uh, it's kind of a condensed Volkswagen Beetle-ish vehicle mode. Right. Which means this mold, this tooling, this mold can then go and be reused for Cliff Jumper or for um, some of the more obscure uh, recolors of Bumblebee or Cliff Jumper. So your mm-hmm. your hubcaps, your Bumble Jumpers, your right. Glyph or Tap Out. You know, there there are there are certain characters that have been done over the years that you could totally reuse that mold over mm-hmm. and over and over again. I think that is the the big takeaway from from this mold. That's interesting, and I think a lot of us, myself included, hadn't quite thought about it from that perspective. Um, you know, me, I, I was just looking at it from a hot take standpoint, and like that, uh, that face is a little derpy. Um, you know, and yep. it's like, yeah, there's there's a whole lot going on in the feet area. You know, there's a there's just a lot of junk in there, and and uh, you know, the vehicle mode's a little stubby, especially when you put it next to. Uh, uh, version one masterpiece Bumblebee, and I and I I think that that makes a lot of sense in terms of um, you know having a new product out there, especially when the iron's hot in terms of uh, Bumblebee. Because like what I was going to ask you, and you've already answered it, I was going to say, well, why don't you just do a, another pass? at Masterpiece Bumblebee, very similar to a lot of the anime-style recolorings that we've seen, you know, um, you know, like uh, uh, like the recent uh, Shockwave, the upcoming Blue Streak, uh, you know, like Prowl got another one a, a little bit ago, you know, something where it's like, it's not a new figure, but it's recolored enough, and, you know, maybe, maybe some retooling there, I'm not sure, but, um, you know, something where it's like, it's still a fresh product on the shelves, but it's not, you know, going back to formula as much as as mp45 does but well that's uh that's where the mp line is trending at the moment uh there looks like takar is trying to do more um screen accurate screen accurate in terms of the cartoon uh color schemes and so there's that mp plus you know like prowl is uh blue streak is mp18 plus and there's a few of those uh as you mentioned there's also an upcoming wheeljack there was a sideswipe a few months ago and the mp44 optimus is the other one that and bumblebee being more cartoon accurate so right uh bumblebee looks more like um like one of the eight and it's funny because they're you know they were uh, in the G1 cartoon, there were basically two animation houses. Yep. Uh, it looks like Acom, which is kind of the lesser <laughs> of the two animation <laughs> <Yes>. houses. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm sure you've seen the memes, but I saw one where it was like a, a screen grab from the movie and then a screen grab from the uh, uh, from Acom. And it's like, you know, this is what we were hoping for. This is what we got, <laughs> you know, like in terms yep. of uh, reference. And uh, and yeah, so it's it's interesting. I mean, I. I, I think it's going to take some getting used to, and I think maybe uh, seeing more pictures and better lighting because some of the the more recent stuff you shared uh, uh, very recently, you know, it's like they're doing um, a lot more posing. Maybe the lighting is better, but I was like, hey, that doesn't look half bad. It's like I I, I get it in a way that like those first images maybe didn't quite do it uh, the same justice that uh, that it was due. 
Yeah, I think the bigger the bigger holdout for a lot of people is going to be the price tag on this. Uh, from what I'm hearing, the the Canadian release, the Canadian pre-order through EB Games for this is going to be uh, $110 Canadian. Uh, and so I don't know what that translates to U.S. dollars, but even at like 85 or 90, that's that's pretty pricey for that kind of figure. Yeah, that's well, that's a bit steep. But and it's so weird though because we now live in a world, or actually upcoming, where you know MP44 is still going to have that 400 plus price tag on it, and you know I. I don't know if there's any data in in terms of pre-orders or or what, but I just I don't know who's gonna buy this thing. I know I want it, but I don't have half a grand to uh, uh, to spend on that. And I I just that it still seems like such a prohibitive price point, and it it seems that maybe that's just the direction the masterpiece line is going to uh go for going forward and that just might be the way toys are going uh mm. going forward i mean we've had an increase at regular retail for uh just mainline transformers so uh, that's entirely possible i'll give you a pro tip on buying masterpiece um amazon uh japan amazon.jp mm-hmm. uh will ship to the united states uh, so if it's you have to set up a separate account, uh, sure. but it, it's really easy to do. And then even on the Amazon app on your phone, you can just change your language, your region uh, in your settings. You can switch back and forth, and just yeah, just have to sign in and out. Um, but that uh, they have a pre-order guarantee, and they usually have the lowest price. So uh, so for argument's sake, the that MP44 Optimus uh, around the holidays was retailing for about three three hundred twenty dollars plus oh. shipping. So you'll come out at about three fifty instead of 450 or 500 like you will in the United States. Wow, exclusive pro tip. That's uh that's awesome. Now, okay, so um uh going into plug mode a little bit. When when you go to Amazon JP, can you use the the TFU uh link on that or is that or does it have to be a toll? No, separate? unfortunately not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's technically I guess like a separate company uh for whatever reason, so that's why you have to set up basically a whole other account. But uh you can also set the site to English so you can kind of get an approximation of what what uh what you're doing. You don't have to read Japanese to do it. Oh, well that's helpful. That's uh that's really cool. With the pictures for MP45 there were some other figures kind of hanging back in the background I don't know if you saw those like one of them looked like the uh, long awaited masterpiece hound and uh, yep. and maybe a couple other guys um w- was there anything else back there that uh, that folks may have missed uh the the hound one was back there that got revealed a while back but what we hadn't had was oh. a number for it as to when it was coming out a lot of people thought it would come out before the optimus and now it's uh, at least uh, three figures behind it. So uh, I believe uh, 44, 45 is Bumblebee, 46 is Black Arachne, and 47 is Hound. Okay. I don't have the information in front of me, but, sure. I, but I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Uh, so he's either coming out before Black Arachne or after her. So that's uh, that's that's interesting. And at least now we know the release schedule for, for those figures. The other one that I saw back there, there's a lot of those uh, MP Plus figures. And um, I, there was a there was a ratchet back there, which I think is getting a re-release as uh, an MP plus. Uh, okay. It, my my brain's a little foggy on it, but <laughs> I, I, maybe I'm just wishfully thinking of it because I missed out on Ironhide and Ratchet the first time around, and I'd like to pick those up. And I think you know there's more of a market to uh, just reissue that toy. Um, and then part of doing the pluses is not having to 
uh, do any sort of the development that goes around making a toy. So, you know, you already have the tooling for it. You already have the engineering for it. All you have to do is run it again and color it, you know, and paint it. Yeah. Uh, so there, it's, it's, there's a, a less of a, it's less cost prohibitive to do, to do that. Uh, cause you're making a return on an old investment. Um, so I don't think they're going to go back when they're, there's a lot of characters they can still do as far as, um, their MP line. I think you know the interesting thing is going to be what what character they do when they get to number fifty, because yeah. they've they've kind of hit some of the big names uh, early. A lot of people thought Optimus would be uh, revamped at fifty. Uh, so you know the question is what do they do there? Uh, the one that they could probably go back to the well on are the Seekers, uh, Starscream, sure. and, and all and company because they can use that. Uh, they can get a lot of return on that one if they do it again. Um, so the uh, the other line, and, and you had mentioned it uh, briefly earlier, is uh, Cyberverse. You know, we've we've seen a lot of uh, renders uh, for some uh, pretty neat uh, looking uh, Cyberverse figures, uh, including Skybite, which I I know a lot of folks are uh, pretty excited about. But there's like this this new uh, play pattern and gimmick that that's going into Cyberverse. Uh, uh, would you be able to expand on any of that? Uh, you know, I haven't. I've looked a little bit. It, it appears that they're um, they're doing like a, a, a combining gimmick where uh, it's almost like a trailer that combines with yeah. the toy. I, I I haven't really looked too closely. I saw some of the pictures, but I haven't mm. really read up on it. Um, I, I love the idea of the Optimus that combines with the Ark. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's so ridiculous. Yeah, it's called Spark Armor, yeah. and uh, it'll allow the figure to combine. Um, so yeah, and then you know the Skybite figure. Anytime they can do a character like Skybite, who uh, the Kotaku article refers to him as a uh, a Beast Wars era figure, and that's that's kind of incorrect mm-hmm. um, because the, the the mold is from the the original mold is from the Beast Wars era, but the character Skybite is from Robots in Disguise, which is the series after Beast Wars. Uh, I, I think they look cool. I, I mean, I yeah. like concepts that are meant to be fun. So uh, you know, yeah. I'll probably I'll probably take a gamble on a few of these and uh, and see if they're any good. Cool. So uh, so with all of the the figures and lines that that we've covered, is there anything we've missed? Anything that um, in my notes I may not have picked up on? Uh, anything that you want to share or expand on uh, before uh, before we move on? Sure. So actually, uh, I, there's there's a lot <laughs> that we could end up seeing at um, uh, at at Toy Fair. So like, I had made a list. I was going to do a video, like a Toy Fair preview, and then okay. all the news started breaking. I was like, well, this is pointless. But uh, <laughs> so, but I have my notes, and so you know, there's still some Siege Deluxes that we haven't seen. There's still some um, Voyager figures that are rumored to be. And I, I don't know if you want me to spoil who they are, but. Uh, Oh yeah, uh, go, there's go no ahead. there's no confirmation, but the rumor is that the Voyager figures that we'll see are Springer and Thundercracker. Um, there's also um, a couple of two packs that we heard about uh, a Firestormer pack, which a lot of people believe is a reference to G2, um, and presumably a G2 sideswipe, along with um, what people are. I think it said it was Slam Dance, which is uh, a character uh, cassette combiner from uh, the late '80s of two Autobots. One yeah. was kind of a plane, and one was kind of a tank. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people are thinking it, it's the Skytread Flywheels mold uh, recolored to be Slam Dance. Uh, there's also one listed as Skywarp, which uh, would probably be the Starscream mold uh, recolored as Skywarp. Right. And um, 
I mean, there's still a lot with Studio Series, which is the other half of Generations. You know, um, we're getting a Titan class movie Devastator at some, you know, not as one figure, but uh, throughout the figures that are able to combine, they're going to be doing yeah. a handful of Constructicons that form this Titan class figure over the next year or two. Uh, so we'll be seeing those, and we might even see Devastator uh, in person and possibly in color. Uh, there were some black and white images of him. Uh, there's still movie masterpiece uh, Megatron and Jazz that got announced a, f- a little while back, so we should be seeing those up close. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that's near and dear to me, uh, and I'm slowly, I haven't bought many of them, but the ones I bought I've loved are BotBots. <laughs> uh, that's, that's been all over your uh, uh, desk bot on, uh, on social media recently. That. They're yeah, because I opened one and they were beaten there, so I get I get almost I get over a week's worth uh, of figures. <laughs> uh, but they're just so you know they're the kind of Transformers take on like Shopkins uh, yeah. for, for you know and it, and again this is one of those things when I when you see um, the toy industry takes a little while to adjust. Yeah, this would have been something that would have been huge had they done it two two years ago. Yeah. Um, the fact that they've done it and it's been received so well uh, goes to Hasbro's marketing of this and having good creative character names and, and backstory and just fun. And um, if there's ever a Transformer line that's the epitome of fun, BotBots uh, could be it. Um, there were leaks about color changers, uh, color changing figures that were uh, that it hit online a few weeks ago. So we're hoping to see those. Those are part of Wave 1, oh. uh, Series 1. Um, there's still Series 2 and maybe even Series 3 to see um we might see some more cyberverse we haven't seen any of the warrior class cyberverse figures Mm -hmm. uh in official or leaked images so there's that sometimes they show us clips uh during the presentation so this is a good chance we'll see a clip of season two of uh cyberverse cartoon um and if they have any video game stuff planned there could be uh, a clip of that as well and of course there's still rescue bots uh and rescue bots academy still ongoing right um that will be there as well and they're, they're they've been pretty good about doing uh neat little homages throughout the years in that line um and then you know there could be late wave bumblebee movie stuff i i don't know and then there's still also you know um the transformers collectible card game from wizards of the coast there could mm-hmm. be some idw news uh there's really just a lot going on with the brand so there there's certainly a lot to cover out of toy fair as far as uh transformers goes that's that's awesome i mean you know it it seems like at times like this you know we always say you know it's a really good time to be a transformers fan but man it is a good time to be a transformers (laughs) fan yep because i mean it's you know just all of those points you hit just the diversity of of the brand and the different lines and different toys and you know uh everything from kid friendly to adult collectors i mean it's like they're they're i mean it sounds massively hyperbolic but there really is something for everybody yeah and i think that you know the key you know something you mentioned before about appealing to us old crusty uh transformers fans Mm -hmm. with g1 references and stuff um that um that that train tracks are going to get shorter and shorter as time goes on. Sure. Um, and I think it's it's been smart of Hasbro to realize that um, the movie line and the movie, the Michael Bay films, regardless of what you think of them, uh, have an appeal to a younger crowd. So if you were, say, 10 years old when the first Michael Bay film mm-hmm. came out, you're 20 years old now. You're finishing college. You have disposable income. Yep. You're into your own personal nostalgia in a lot of ways. So they're they're tapping into that, and I think that that's huge for them. 
Absolutely. I mean, a, a good buddy of mine, Michael Andrews, he he's he's that guy. He is super into uh, the Bay stuff because he feels about the Bay movies very similar to how we feel about the 86 movie. You know, it's like, yep. you know, it's like it, that was our jam and that's that generation's jam and you know we just realized that you know we're we're right at the 20th anniversary of armada too and you know i i never thought that armada nostalgia would be a thing but i mean there's 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 entire generations of folks that we share this fandom with it's it's not just us and that's a you know some folks can have a harder time adjusting to that but i i think it's great I, I really do. Yeah, and you know that's their Transformers, and it, yeah. you can apply that to any any long term fandom. If you're, you know, if you're a sports fan, or if you got a team like you know, I grew up a Yankees fan, uh, and baseball's mm-hmm. kind of my only sport that I'm into. But mm-hmm. like my dad's guy was Mickey Mantle, my guy was Don Mattingly. You know, yeah. you know, people younger than me, it's Derek Jeter. It's you know, there 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 are people that there are things that they're going to fall in love with. Yeah. the the game is fundamentally the same. The sport is fundamentally mm-hmm. the same, but how you view it through, you know, the thing you latch onto is always going to be different uh, throughout the generations. That's a that's a fascinating way to put it. I really love that analogy because, um, yeah, I mean, you know, some things are, you know, transcendent and generational and they get, you know, passed down. It, it, it really does kind of speak to the longevity of the brand, though, because it's like. You know, Transformers is something that easily could have just, you know, faded away and through, you know, uh, you know, reinvention and innovation. And, you know, a, a lot of folks will say, you know, the the Beast era isn't their jam. But, you know, it, as you know, I mean, that that was that was the torchbearer. You know, it's like with the, without the Beast era, we we don't get the stuff that we have today. No. And the Beast era hit at the right time, just like um you know, we're talking about studio series yeah. for the the people who grew up with with uh, the movies. You know, Beast Era hit. I you know, I remember uh, that's how I got back into Transformers. Mm-hmm. I was getting up. I was my first year of college. I was afraid it was it was fall of '96. I was I was getting up for class and I <laughs> flipped the TV on, and I'm like, "What is this?" And and it was just one of those things. I was up a little earlier than normal and. I was like, I gotta, I gotta find out about this. And then there was a McDonald's promotion, and I picked up like a, a habit. I'm like, oh, this is a Transformers happening. Let me get this as a goof. And then all of a sudden, it was like, wait a minute, I, I, you know what? I work and I don't pay rent, and I, and I still kind of live at home. So let's, let's go find some of these in the store. And then <laughs> it, it just snowballs from there, right? Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, and and as a show, Beast Wars being so high quality in terms of the writing, and then smart enough for the. Um, the showrunners to tap into the internet to make references to uh, some of the fans who helped them out and to tap the fandom to get help mm-hmm. uh, in terms of crafting the show uh, were all huge steps that, uh, you know, didn't really exist before that. And, uh, um, you know, playing off using the power of the mm-hmm. internet, this new oh, thing yeah. back then, um, it really, really did uh, ingrain it and make it. Um, uh, endear it to the fans who were mm. around then and from there the torch gets carried further and further and further absolutely um so yeah so uh i i kind of distracted us a little bit uh you know as we uh capped off uh, toy fair new york um again that's going to be coming up uh this weekend i don't so it's uh, saturday february 16th uh around uh one o'clock i think is when they start the presentation mm-hmm. so 
Start looking around online around noon uh, Eastern time. Eastern time. Perfect. Very yes. good. And uh, and with that, uh, bouncing around a bit, I got a question from Ryan uh, from Autopod Decepticast. Um, do you, uh, aside from uh, Toy Fair New York, you know, in, in your neck of the woods, uh, do you travel to any of the Transformers fan conventions? Like, you know, like TFCon LA is coming up next month. Uh, TFCon Toronto is coming up in the summer. Uh, do, you, uh, do you do any of uh, those types of shows? Uh, I haven't in a while. I'll drive into uh, if I can drive there. I'll I'll usually try to do it. So uh, there's a show I go to in New Jersey called um, uh, NJ ToyCon, which is it's it's just a toy convention and it's just fun. But as far as like the big Transformers conventions, I haven't done any since uh, BotCon. I used to be a, re- a yearly regular from um, for BotCon. I went to everyone from uh, 1999 through. I think the last one I went to was. I went to one 2011. I missed 2012 and 2013 and went to 2014. Mm. Um, so I, I was a staple going to BotCon every year. But, you know, I, um, as of right now, no. And, and, and it kind of stinks because I would love to get to that uh, TFCon LA. Yeah. Uh, it's just the timing doesn't work for me. Uh, I, I've actually got my daughter's christening that weekend. Right, and, right. Uh, <laughs> Um, it's just it's just one of those things. I, I'll I'll make it up to TFCon Toronto eventually. I think I, it seems like a fun show, or or maybe one of the shows down in Atlanta, like um, uh, not JoeCon. It's uh, there's an Atlanta GI Joe convention that does a side uh, Transformers thing that's run by my buddy Rob Springer uh, oh, okay. from Radio Free Cybertron. He, sure. Uh, um, that's that's that would be a fun one to go to. So you know, if if I'm in the area, if if I can convince my job <laughs> to send me somewhere uh, right around the same time as one, absolutely. But uh, otherwise, uh, uh, just at this point in my life, I can't. I gotcha. Um, so let's uh, let's reset a little bit. And and again, sure. we're uh, we're talking to uh, Anthony Bercali, you know, uh, uh, from tfu.info, the website, the toy archive, and host of Transformers University, the uh, the podcast. And um, so I I know you've told this story on uh, Transformers University proper and, you know, other podcasts you've been a part of and in interviews. Uh, But for this audience, since we're here, uh, could you briefly summarize kind of the origin story of uh, TFU and how uh, how uh, how you fit into all this fandom here? Oh, wow. Uh, so the origin story behind uh, TFU.info, uh, the website, the Toy Archive, uh, goes all the way back to the late 90s. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's something that used to get kicked around. So pre-message boards, we used to interact on Usenet, uh, on alt.toys.transformers, which is kind of like, um, if you use Outlook at work and you know you have an email chain, <laughs> think of that, but in a bulletin board setting. And that's kind of how Usenet works okay. in terms of having conversations so uh that was the place there was no message boards there was no all spark um some of the other transformers boards had not uh started yet and uh so that was kind of how everyone interacted and then uh uh i was having a conversation and then there was also various chat rooms uh in places and the one i used to belong to uh, and still belong to is a place called uh w-i-i-g-i-i exclamation point uh, which is uh, a typo from one of our friends typing woohoo, but his right hand was one key over. And uh, <laughs> that is um, that is kind of where a lot of uh, 
the Transformers uh, online presence for things like that's where the wiki was developed <laughs> because oh, okay. uh, a couple of my friends we used to hang out in there and um, so we were kind of like a meeting of the minds of Transformers fans in in that uh, chat room and uh, we used to talk about um, the GI Joe website bring this back to GI Joe yojo.com and uh, a lot back then it, it was it was still a great site and that back then it was doing what it's kind of doing now and then we were always like there needs to be a, a yojo.com for Transformers. Mm-hmm. There needs to be, you know, why doesn't somebody do this? And I remember saying it to uh, two different friends of mine, and they both go, well, why don't you do it? And at some point I was like, yeah, why don't I do it? <laughs> and uh, and that's when I made uh, the 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 mistake of actually trying to do that. No, I'm kidding. Uh, that's when I decided <laughs> to, uh, uh, to really say, okay, let me see if I can pull this off. And... Uh, and from there, I, I started taking photos of, like, every figure I owned, and I, I started trying to figure out a structure and everything else and built the toy archive. And then I uh, did a soft launch of it, I think, in 2001, in, in like, the fall uh, to get more pictures. And then oh, sure. uh, we officially launched in uh, 2002. And I think at the time of our launch, we had, like, two-thirds of every Transformer toy photographed and on the site. Uh, it's wow. probably it, that percentage is probably way off now because the line has gotten enormous. Uh, right. You know, just as we're talking about what's coming, there's like nine Transformers lines right now. Uh, so, uh, getting people who own them, getting people to photograph them, and and doing everything like that uh, can be tricky. But uh, that's how the site was born. Interesting. So, um, wow. I mean, because like I, you know, you can you can get lost going through the toy archive because I've just spent time just clicking through stuff and and just being like endlessly fascinated by it but I um I I forget what the context was but like there was a um on oh maybe it was a board on Facebook or something but like uh, uh somebody was having trouble identifying what their figure was and there's uh there's a handy tool on the website at tfu.info where you can actually you know narrow it down by color and style to where you can actually figure out what figure that is that's uh that's incredibly clever and that's that's a crazy level of intuition for uh uh for a toy archive that's pretty cool yeah, and that's something I added in, I think, three or four years in, mm. you know, because uh, I would get emails, hey, what's this? What's this? And, you know, and then I just got, you know, after a while you go, okay, I can probably make this so people can figure it out themselves and just kind of figure out how, what the easiest way to do it is. And um, prior to that, there were lists online and they kind of all worked off of uh, copyright date. You know, what's mm-hmm. what's the copyright date on it? And, you know, what is, and then what does it turn into? Well, the thing is, some some of that got a little specific. So, like, you know, does it turn into a, a 380Z Datsun or does it turn into a Lamborghini? Well, not necessarily everybody knows that. They know I have a white car, I have a gray car, I have a red car. <laughs> and so let's let's just group them by that. And so, it, you know what, it works pretty well as far as, uh, as the, the site goes. I occasionally still get emails, you know, and I can't find this, and I've used your ID tool. Um, those emails are almost always invariably Cybertron Metroplex. Uh, but, but, uh, um, and, and then you know it, there's i'm sure i could probably refine it a bit more if i if i really put my head around and try to wrap my head around it but uh 
uh, it's it's nice to that people like that and you know, are able to use it. You know, and any way I can help the fandom, it, it's it's it makes me feel good to to be of service to everyone else. Um, so let's uh, so a lot of folks in the fandom in the community uh, know you for your uh, being a consulting producer on the Transformers episode of the Toys That Made Us, and from my understanding of the story, that that's what kind of leads into the origin of Transformers University of the podcast right uh more or less yeah i mean the podcast was something i was kicking around in my head for probably oh probably a year before even i got in touch with the toys that made us guys so i have a i have a pretty long commute so there's there's times where i'm just sitting in traffic listening to podcasts and going you know kind of like i want to do this what what can i do and uh um so i was kicking around the idea and actually um, on Radio Free Cybertron, which is another uh, Transformers website, uh, when actually one of the longest-running uh, podcasts on the internet, uh, Brian and company have been doing it since 1999. Right. So before there were iPods, there were Radio Free Cybertron. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so on their, I think their 300th or 400th episode, uh, and I had pitched Brian, you know, we, we were texting back and forth, and I wanted to give this a shot, and we kind of did it as a roundtable, and it was called um, uh, Transformers 101. Oh, okay. And that was kind of the, uh, um, you know, it was going to be something that was going to be on Radio Free Cybertron. And then, uh, you know, we, we did one, ep- not an episode, but we did it as a segment in that show. And then, you know, things kind of just kind of, you know, real life kind of got the better of me. And I, I realized that doing it with doing something like that where I'm, it's a round table and there's a bunch of other people and kind of coordinating all that uh, wasn't uh, feasible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. So then comes the toys that made us announcement. Uh, and... Uh, professionally I work in I used to work in in live television now Mm -hmm. I I work in corporate video and I was just like you know what I kind of want something I I was trying to get that scratch that itch of having something that people actually see Mm -hmm. Uh, so when I worked in live TV I could like say turn on this channel that's where my work is and when you work in in corporate video you can't really do that so uh, uh, I was like let me look around and right around that time that announcement toys that made us came out and I was like I'm going to go on their Facebook page and shoot them a message maybe I can get some freelance video editing work out of it oh, you know because okay. sure. I know the topic and I'm like I, I'm, a, I'm a great editor I know the topic and you know I could be be of help and they're like well we're looking for a consulting producer and I'm like oh well good for <laughs> you uh, you might have the right person yeah. so they're like send us something so I took that weekend and I wrote up this eight page document about 1984 okay um and, and it's slow. I think I got a touch into 1985, but I mean, we're talking eight pages, eight pages in Word, 12 point font, single spaced. Oh, <laughs> um, oh, buddy. <laughs> yeah, no, like, but I gave them, I gave them people to people to reach out to, contacts, yeah. phone numbers, email addresses. Like, I basically, had, uh, I went to it as a producer, as someone who used to be a you know a news mm-hmm. producer mm-hmm. and a TV producer. Like, I'm gonna give you exactly what you need, and. Uh, it turns out they were a bit further along uh, than uh, th- that document needed to be, but uh, they were super impressed with it. So uh, um, I get, I had a phone call with Brian Volksweiss, the the creator of the show, and he's mm-hmm. like, "We want to hire you on." It doesn't, it, you know, we he, he prefaced it, it doesn't pay much, but we just need a consulting producer. We're going to call you from time to time, bounce ideas off of you, and and that's kind of how I got involved. So you know, my role in the show mainly was, you know, they hit they would hit like a, a point in the show where like, hey, we need this. Do we need to cover this? Do we need to cover that? And um, so that was basically the phone calls I would get from uh, one of the uh, show's uh, segment producers. And then um, 
before the show went live, before season two went live, uh, they sent me a link to a first cut, and I gave them my my thoughts on on the first take. And mm-hmm. the final show was probably about I don't know eighty eighty five percent what was in the first cut. So uh, and there were things, uh, you know, as an editor, there was there's uh, there's a mistake right out the bat that they didn't fix, and it drives me bananas oh. that's in there. And I'll tell you what it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the date in the beginning of the episode, I forget what it is, but it mm-hmm. says Friday, November, whatever. Um, and it, they tell the story of Jim Shooter and how uh, he was looking for someone to uh, do uh, to write up the bios for Transformers, yeah, and it's yeah. right before the Thanksgiving holiday, and no one's around. And like Bob Budiansky is like the fourth or fifth person because he, he happened to be in the office. He got him to do it. Um, that's all well and good, but the graphic says Friday. Uh, the date was a Wednesday because it's the day before Thanksgiving. Oh, uh, sure, <laughs> sure. And the actual date they used is correct. Like, whatever date that was, 1984, 83, mm-hmm. um, was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, but they wrote Friday. And, and yeah. it's one of those things, it's, it, if, if you watch it again, you'll see it. It says yeah, Friday. Yeah. It's one of those things that drives me bananas. <laughs> yeah, I, ne- I, I totally missed that, but you're right. And it, and it's funny, though, it, interestingly enough, the Wednesday before the Thanksgiving kind of feels like a Friday. You know, so it's yep. like it kind of it's it's a spiritual Friday, I guess. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. I mean, because I mean, that uh, that episode of the toys that made us is is definitely uh, well loved. And, you know, and, and it really kind of gave folks that have been, you know, lifelong fans, you know, even some insights that, you know, we probably hadn't seen before, or at least like from different angles. I got a lot out of it. I I really enjoyed it. Um, so let's uh, let's uh, transition then to uh, the podcast. Um, and and I got I got to ask you because um, it, it you know obviously you're a fan of podcasts, but what was the inspiration for the style of Transformers University? Because it's um, it's unique in in a in a wonderful magical kind of way i uh you know it's like so i get to the jim shooter episode and that's what hooked me i was like oh oh this is good this is something i'm gonna take i'm gonna take seriously and i'm gonna stick with but as you know as i mentioned i i binged through it so you know i'm listening to like two three episodes at a time and I'm noticing that there's there's a very specific style and a very specific cadence to it, and I, I'm just kind of wondering uh, what maybe what some of your kind of stylistic uh, inspirations for that was. Oh yeah, um, first of all, I, I'm curious. You know, it's funny because I just feel like I just do the show. Um, some of the some of the style of the show, um, and if if I miss the thing you're 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 uh, zeroing in on, please tell me. Um, mm. Some you know what I do with the show. One, it, it's funny the Jim Shooter interview yeah. that goes back to the Transformers one on one thing. I recorded that almost a year before I released it. I, oh wow! I, re- I released that in September. I recorded that the October prior. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but that goes to the idea of doing a show and getting people together to do a show. So, for me, uh, the tone I wanted for the show was really to just to set the table that look. No matter what your Transformers is, the the brand, the the fiction, it's all meant to be fun. And if you're not having fun with it, then <laughs> you probably need another hobby. 
Right, um, right. Because there, there's always something fun to find in it. So I, I felt, let's go chronologically, mm-hmm. but let's find all the fun things and let's reminisce. You know, that's a lot of what I, I would do early on. And it's become a little less of that over time. But, you know, it's give me that that episode that's special to you. And, OK, yeah. here's that episode we're covering this week. I and, and having been around the fandom a long time, I've made a lot of friends and I know which episodes are important to certain people. So mm-hmm, I'll reach out mm-hmm. to them going, you know. You like you know uh, so for argument's sake, Jen from uh, Stasis Pod podcast. I've known her yeah. uh, probably twenty twenty five years, and I said, Jen, I know you're a huge Aerialbots fan. I want to record you talking about the Aerialbots. You know, like that's you know those are the kind of things. I know certain episodes are important to certain people, so I'll reach out to them and grab them and like. Um, and I think that you know that's one of the things as far as the tone goes, and then being able to just record someone or have them record and say, hey. Go on your phone mm-hmm. and just record something in voice recorder and voice memo and just email it to me. And, and trust me, I'll make it work. Um, <laughs> that tends gotcha. to be the tone, you know, the concept of the show as mm-hmm. far as uh, the guests go. Um, I'm not sure if, I, if I've quite answered your question, but well, that, that's kind of the tone of the show. Yeah, no, and, and, and it's great. But um, are you aware or self, self-aware of how funny it is? Just... Uh, I try. I try to be, you know, th- there's, you know, the uh, my other big love in terms of like just uh, uh, things in the world is heavy metal. Yeah. And I'm a bit a big nerd of that, too. So there's a lot of uh, little heavy metal references I throw in there and I figure yes. if people get them great. And if they don't, they'll just keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the one other thing. So, you know, like the um, every time we mention heavy metal war, <laughs> uh, the episode, uh, I take uh the Slayer's War Ensemble, and there's yep. a scene, part in there where Tom Araya screams the word war. <laughs> and that's in there every time we mention that episode. Yeah. And it's, so, yeah, that, it's funny. I'm glad people find it funny because it's fun for me, and it's funny for me. Um, you know, I'm a big Kevin Smith fan, so right. every time I say the number 37, there's the clip from Clerks, <laughs> mm-hmm. 37 in a row. Um, little things like that. Yeah. And if it's funny and people get it great, cause again, this is what, what I mean, you know, the podcast is meant to be fun. So if, if, right. if, if you're so serious about this stuff that you can't find some humor in it, then, uh, then, you know, uh, I, you know, I'm sorry, I guess, because I'm <laughs> going to have fun with it. <laughs> well, and, and there's a subtlety to it that one, I, I completely appreciate and totally admire because there, there's a way to present it. That's I mean, like uh, your delivery is so, uh, you know, understated and and subtle. Right. You know, you're just, you know, kind of matter of factly giving uh, the information. But then like when when the drops come in or the references come in and it's a it's. I, I really appreciate the dry sense of humor, but I admire the hell out of you because that's something I wouldn't be able to do myself. I uh, just the way my delivery is, everything is, you know, up and with like a wink and a nod and an elbow jab. And it'd be like, yeah, I just I wouldn't be able to help myself. <laughs> um, so I so for as a fan, I, I really appreciate your delivery on it. It's uh, like I said, there, there's a deafness and subtlety and a dry humor uh, that I really like. And as you listen to more and more of the episodes, you know, you appreciate the ongoing jokes. Like if there's ever a time that you don't play that war drop, I'm sure the fans might come after you and say, hey, like, hey, hey, what's up? 
you know. Yeah. You well, know, it's funny. I've got an email saying, you do that too much. Please stop. <laughs> I'm like, oh, come on. You know, like, I don't get to do it all that much, especially the further we get away from that episode. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, some of the things just developed organically, too, because, you, you know, I try to treat it a little bit like a radio show that uh, mm-hmm. there, there's going to be things that develop out of me talking and I'm going, oh, you know what? I can do that again. Uh, the good one for that is like Rumble and Frenzy. So Rumble and Frenzy yes. switch colors all the time, depending on what fiction and or if we're talking about a toy, we're talking about yeah. a cartoon, we're talking about a comic, we're talking about UK comic. Um, and that that goes on well into the 2000s. I mean, that oh, sure. happens a lot. So I just always refer to it. If I say the name, I will tell you which color he is at the time. So if it's Rumble the Red one or Rumble the Blue one or Frenzy the Red one yeah. or Frenzy the Blue one. Because that is an eternal argument that Transformers fans have had um, since I've joined the fandom. Uh, it yeah. used to be part of the Transformers FAQ. Is Rumble Red? Is oh, Frenzy sure. Red? And, uh, um, so those are those are the kind of things. And, and I also I try to make reference. And, and this is something I'll get to when we get for much further down the line. Yeah. There's a lot of good fan in-jokes uh, that I've developed over the years, and it's my goal to kind of point those out. Uh, uh, whether they develop from official fiction or they've developed from fan fiction, there's some great, you know, there's some. There's a couple of fanfics from the mid-90s, uh, late-90s, early-2000s mm-hmm. that have become part of Transformers lore because they were so terrible. And so... <laughs> So if you ever hear me say I am from the future and I know a lot about history, mm-hmm. that is a reference to uh, Transformers fanfic uh, mm-hmm. somewhere that uh, <laughs> we'll get to eventually. That's awesome. You know, I uh, so David Wise is going to be at TFCon LA and I and I really want to get with the sound team and say, you know, can I can I get you to play this clip when he if he's doing a panel and start that off and. <laughs> And like me and like three other people will get the joke and, and we will all be wise to the game. <laughs> oh man, if, if you, if, uh, you know, that's one of the things like I would love to get him to record a drop of just like, this is David Wise and you're wise to the game listening to Transformers <laughs> University. You know? <laughs> you know what? I've, uh, I've got some friends with some audio equipment. We, uh, we might have to try to make that happen. Oh, man, that'd be amazing. <laughs> oh man, so yeah, I just I I really love the podcast. It's uh it's it's a lot of fun and you know, it it's great information and it's presented in a way that's palatable, that's not just info dump, right? Because like this type of information could come across as just very dry, very info dumpy. Why am I listening to this? But it's it's the it's the flourishes and you know all the other stuff we were just talking about that that I think fans really um are gravitating towards. It's uh it is a lot of fun. Uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad to hear that. You know, and another reason I did this podcast, uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of an excuse for me to go back and either read or listen or see the things I haven't gotten around to doing. Like, I've never really read the Marvel UK run of Transformers, so I'm sure. getting to do that for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw Scramble City for the first time, and I'm like, I can't believe I've never watched this one episode from Japan. <laughs> um, you know, there's there's a lot of because there, there's 35 years of history to play around with and so there's a lot of fun things out there to to really explore you know mm-hmm. some of those some of those audiobooks i knew were bad and we we had had you know we had uh done some things with them at, at transformers conventions where we've had some fun with them but you know being able to present you know uh our missiles which is a a, a great <laughs> uh 
uh, meme, uh, Transformers meme from the yeah. years uh, to a wider audience is one of those things that uh, I, I from uh, what is that from? That's from not the not the Lady Bird books, but it's some one of the uh, UK story books, and they're just so good. Uh, they're yeah. so good because they're so terrible. And 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 you know, like I said, it's it's all about finding the fun. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, so with that, and this is where you know we we uh, uh, get into my wheelhouse a bit. Uh, what what can fans expect from upcoming episodes uh, of Transformers University, including upcoming milestone episode number fifty? Well, that that is the next episode which I have not uh, recorded just yet, uh, but. Episode 50, I, I've really worked towards doing a big blowout for Transformers the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I've been referring to it to people, it is the centerpiece of Transformers fiction. It is the mm-hmm. centerpiece of just about everything G1 and probably everything up until the first Bay film. Um, sure, yeah. So, so, you know, it's a big deal. So I'm probably going to do two episodes of that, 51, uh, 50 and 51. Uh, I've gotten over 20, 20 audio submissions from... Uh, people who have been on the show, other Transformers podcasts, yourself, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. You, you're one of the folks that have, have joined in the fun. Mm-hmm. Um, some new people as well, because uh, I wanted to get some some folks in there. So uh, uh, there's a former co-worker of mine who is a sports reporter for NBC, uh, NBC Sports and Forbes, that he recorded something. Uh, Seth Everett, who also does uh, a podcast uh, called Hall of Justice, which is about like DC Comics and Marvel, mm-hmm. TC, uh, Marvel TV, DC movies. Um, worth checking out if if you have a sec. Um, I have I have some surprise guests as well. Nice. And then episode fifty two. Um, I can't reveal who it is, and it's it's not someone related to the brand. I'm going to say say it this way: it's it's probably someone you don't realize you know. Mm. <laughs> um, but he's probably either done something you've seen or you've been somewhere that he has helped create. Uh, let's just, I'll leave it at that. Or you've heard him on other podcasts. Uh, ah. And he's an old friend of mine, uh, an old former co-worker of mine, uh, and he is uh, an amazing insight into movies. And we had about a 45-minute, an hour-long conversation about Transformers the movie uh, from his perspective. And oh, wow. uh, it kind of blew my mind because it was a take on the film that I've never um had before and it, it was it was through a lens that i never even considered looking through and uh so i have to edit that together but mm-hmm. uh that's going to be a fun one and so uh i'll probably tease it somewhere in episode 51 uh and uh it's definitely going to be a good listen Oh, I love it. That's uh, that's incredibly exciting. I mean, because, you know, uh, uh, listeners of my podcast will know that that is my favorite movie. Um, I've I've got a lot of love and nostalgia for it. And it is interesting, you know, the more that I've opened myself up to the Transformers community at large and uh, other arms of the fandom, I've. I've been presented different takes and different kaleidoscopes uh, to look at the movie through. And it has been kind of interesting that even after, you know, 32 years, that there's still a lot of meat on that bone uh, for uh, uh, for fans to, you know, really get into and pay attention to and enjoy. It's uh, it's it's bonkers, but it's pretty great. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's such an interesting movie in the mm-hmm. fact that it, it did a lot of things that never were done before and really haven't been done since. Yeah. I mean, they took a TV show that people were, you know, if you were a kid in the 80s, you you had two years of uh, and change of watching this show and being ramped up and knowing the characters. And then 
they went to a season three via the movie and said, yeah, no, those guys aren't important anymore. Here's your new Transformers yeah. that you're going to want. And and did it by by doing that movie. And that's that's something I don't think I've ever seen before or since. Mm-hmm. And um, so that that's one thing, like just the technique of that. And then there's a lot of different ways to look at this film. Like uh, one, one way I always look at it is kind of like your – there's a lot of mid eighties movies that are just a series of music videos strung together with a loose story. Right. And, uh, you could do that a little bit with transformers, the movie, if you're not attached to the mythos and you're not attached to the characters, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a bunch of music videos. It's like Rocky four. I mean, Rocky yeah. four, you know, I didn't realize this. I was doing some research, uh, and Rocky four, I didn't realize Drago has nine lines of dialogue, the whole film. Uh, Holy <laughs> so, crap. Like, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> And when you realize that, you realize how little dialogue is in that movie before yeah. you know before Rocky ends communism. Uh, <laughs> that is that that is kind of a thing from the '80s. Is a movie that is tied together by a music video because music videos were big back then. And then uh, you know that's just one lens to look at it through. And then you know there's there's certainly you know there here is this great space odyssey. That's another end you know lens to look through it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's certainly you know it's certainly a movie everyone has a take on. Absolutely. So me personally, I'm very excited to uh, just to hear all of the different voices, the, you know, the voices we've come to know and love over the the run of Transformers University, but all the uh, new people as well. Um, Cause you know, it's like, you know, I, I've, I've made some new friends and you know, it's like, you know, and we've had some really good, healthy conversations about the movie, but I'm, I'm always excited to hear other people's takes on this thing that, that means so much to me. So I, I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, you know, while we're here, um, I just uh, wanted to publicly say uh, thank you for inviting me to participate as uh, as part of that project. It was it was a lot of fun, but it was also incredibly stressful in that I, um, you know, I, I struggled with what to really hone in on and, you know, whittle it down and whittle it down. It's like, I, you know, I, I, you know, most of my podcast episodes usually clock in around two hours and, you know, taking that sensibility to try to articulate very briefly and using brevity to uh, articulate what what this movie means to me was a challenge because like I was talking about stuff like oh well yeah you know that's you know when when uh, Cup jumps on uh, Blitzwing's gun barrel that that sound is the only uh, stereo effect in the whole movie you know and it's like you know <laughs> I mean because like I mean there's all kinds of like little details that I I remember just gripping my imagination and my attention you know watching it uh that that first time through they'll always be with me and yeah it's uh yeah trying to uh whittle it down i you know and i've chatted with some other folks and i think they ran into some similar challenges as well so so again i i'm very eager uh to hear uh what other folks have to say it's it's gonna be a hell of an episode yeah actually it's your first time on the show too right yes yes that's correct yes so so yeah, you're one of the new people on the show. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> well, um, yeah, no, but thank you for for doing it. I mean, you know, I I always like getting new voices on the show because uh, because like I said, it's it's all about the fun angle to it, and uh, you know, finding what other people find fun sometimes mm-hmm. makes it more enjoyable. And I think that that's the key, uh, especially for something like this that is so beloved. What I found interesting is that how how many people didn't want to do the death of Optimus Prime as their moment. So to oh, give your sure. listeners some insight, I, I told everyone, hey, let's let's go over, give me one moment that has stuck with you throughout 
throughout your life. And mm-hmm. out of the 20 or so submissions I've gotten so far, I think only one has done uh, uh, the death of Optimus Prime as the moment. I'll be damned. That's uh, that's interesting because that that was another thing, you know, just uh, and and you know, going way behind the scenes and in the weeds here. But that was kind of the um, fear I had. Also, is like, am I going to step on somebody else's thing? And so I I kind of tried to you know look past the more more obvious and try to look um, maybe a little deeper and really just kind of be uh, introspective about it. And you know for me since since we're just kind of uh, you know shooting the breeze here, um, yeah you know what I, to this day. Um, the death of Optimus Prime never bothered me because it's like I I think I had seen Wrath of Khan already. So it's like I, I think I had an understanding of heroic sacrifice. So it's like it didn't really traumatize me. But but homeboys on that shuttle who man like you know uh, uh prowl especially now i wasn't like a huge prowl fan but just like the the grisliness of it you know just to how how graphic it all was that that's what kind of turned my screw a little bit that uh that that one really stuck with me as well but yeah that was uh yeah no death of prime never never bothered me not like not like a lot of other folks yeah, same here, but I was late to the game with it. So I, I it's funny, I, I, I sometimes tell this story too, is that I grew up a GoBots fan. Like Transformers were fun and I watched the show, <laughs> but uh, I was more of a GoBots toy fan. And, sure. Uh, when, and, and, but I stuck with the comics throughout. And then, mm-hmm. so that's kind of where my Transformers fandom was born. Um, I remember reading the, I think I read the Marvel adaptation before seeing the movie. Um, so I knew Optimus died, but it, yeah, it didn't have that kind of effect on me. The, the, the shuttle scene certainly had a bigger effect on me. Um, and I think for me personally, my favorite character is Wheeljack and that one cutaway where you just see, like, I didn't even get to see him get shot or or do something cool. He was just a corpse. (laughs) That's the one that bothers me over. Oh, but uh, but we did get to see Wheeljack in a full living color in in the Bumblebee movie, and that was that was pretty rad. Yes, and uh, I actually mentioned this uh, somewhere else, but uh, mm-hmm. the neat neat little tie in there. So Wheeljack was voiced by in G one was voiced by Chris Lotta, who was the voice of Starscream, right? And he has since passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, Wheeljack in the Bumblebee film was voiced by Stephen Bloom, who is the voice of Starscream in uh, Transformers Prime. So there's still that connection of Wheeljack Starscream being voiced by the same person uh, to some extent, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of neat. That's really neat. And, you know, it's, oh man, you know, I, and I don't want to get on this whole Bumblebee tangent, uh, because like there's, there's a lot of connective tissue in there to where it's like, if, if you squint and look at it, you'll see a lot of bizarre connections like that. And it's, uh, it's interesting. It it's uh it's a rich tapestry actually. You know, just uh yep. like I you know I I remember your uh review on Transformers University about uh um your your review of Bumblebee and um the only the only observation that that you picked up that I didn't in my viewing was the uh a design of the spire uh, being on Cybertron, being uh, reminiscent of the space bridge, and it's like you know, as soon as you said that, and I re- rewatched that sequence, I'm like, oh my goodness, he's absolutely right. But everything else, like you know, like Braun getting shot in the shoulder, I'm like, <laughs> it's like I, I I was rolling listening to your review because it was like it was so spot on in terms of uh, you know like the uh, homages that you picked up on. 
Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, you know what? I forgot. I even I I've been meaning to go back and do a side by side to see if I was actually right about that, but uh, I'll take your word for it. Well, they certainly. I'm sure they took some sort of design inspiration from it uh, at the very least. Yeah. Gotcha. So, um, so as we close out, and and again, we're uh, we're talking to Anthony Bercali from uh, TFU.info, the the website, the toy archive, the the podcast, Transformers University. I have um, uh, I have a couple questions that I I ask in a series of. Any guests that I have on the show that are, you know, performers, whether they be, you know, like independent uh, musicians or comic book artists or all of that, because, you know, art comes in many different forms and we're all doing it in a in a few different ways. But uh, the questions I want to ask you uh, in a series is what has your biggest challenge been? Uh, what is the ultimate direction for, in this case, could be the, uh, uh, you know, I usually ask these of like podcasters and band people, but um, <laughs> biggest challenge, ultimate direction, and what advice do you have for folks that want to uh, uh, pursue their own creative endeavors? Okay, so let, let's go one at a time. Okay, so yep. what, what was the first question? Uh, biggest challenge. Biggest challenge. Um, so, so far, the biggest challenge... Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll split these into the podcast and the website since they're kind of two, um, oh, yeah, they're sure. tied oh, in endeavors, totally. but they're certainly two different things. Um, the biggest challenge as far as the podcast goes is just, um, uh, being, you know, being regular with it, being able to do this, you know, to do it on a regular basis, fitting, fitting in the research, um, along with the recording. So, uh, if you've noticed, I jump around from topic to topic, mm-hmm. uh, part of that's, Part of that's just to keep it fresh. Part of that's by design because I can probably speak extemporaneously about a year's toy line uh, with virtually no research. But having to go through and watch five episodes of a cartoon uh, will take me a week or two with oh, taking okay. notes and and being and then also assembling audio from uh, you know contributors. So you know mm-hmm. reaching out to people, trying to get new people involved, following up with people who said they were going to and then are, are running behind. You know, it, it happens. That's just kind of how you know producing works, and mm-hmm. I'm sure you're well aware of that. So, mm-hmm. um, so those are the biggest challenges when it comes to the, the podcast. The biggest challenge with the toy archive is uh, a combination of keeping current, which as of right now it is not, um, and <laughs> keeping it interesting visually. So I've been in the process of doing a redesign of the. Uh, site for the last uh, probably about two years. Okay. Uh, and in doing so, I've stopped adding new figures to the archive uh, temporarily uh, just because I'm trying to make the process of updating characters since they're. When I launched the site, it, and it's funny, I meant to mention this before, mm. there was no rename section uh, because there were no renames. Uh, there were, there were only a few. So there was, it was only on like one or two pages. Like G1 Sky High is actually, there's a, a pretender and a micromaster named Sky High that are two different characters. Uh, there's a handful of characters before the year 2001 mm-hmm. that had that. It wasn't until Robots in Disguise came along. And when that came along, which is right around the time I launched the site, we didn't know if these were uh, an alternate continuity or not. Yeah. So originally they were listed like already Optimus Prime was G1 Optimus Prime when I launched the site because we weren't sure. Um, mm-hmm. So having to uh, design the site in a way where it's a little easier for me to update uh, you know, 150 different movie bumblebees. I can do it now with, you know, not <laughs> I'm not up to it yet, but 
uh, I will be able to do it with just updating one piece of HTML instead of going into each individual page and, and adding a reference to whatever new figure has come out. Oh, yeah. Um, that, that is kind of the goal. So that is the biggest challenge right now. And mm -hmm. then um, acquiring images has always been a challenge because there's – and the way the line has blown up since the first movie um, – it, it, it'll always be a challenge because there's just always going to be something rare from Japan or from some part of the world or, mm -hmm. you know, they, it, it's not like, you know, as a collector and as a fan, you know, none of us have infinite funds. And if you do, uh, why don't you come work for my website? And, and, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> because that is one of those things where, um, you know, that's always going to be a challenge is filling in the blanks on the site. Gotcha. Uh, so let's uh, let's move on to ultimate direction. And again, you, if you want to split it up between a podcast and toy archive, or just uh, uh, aspirations in general, uh, knock yourself out. Sure. So ultimate direction. Well, it's actually the same thing. It's to get current. Um, you know, ultimately, I would like for the for the um, the website to be um, fairly up to date and fairly complete. Um, you know, and we'll get there. Uh, that's just a matter of time. That's, mm -hmm. you know, it's a moving target, so it's not an easy thing to do. Uh, and as far as the podcast goes, um, getting, you know, right now we're in 1986 and we're going to be in 1986 for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of how the show goes. And I, I, I want to get past the point and, and it will, um, where there is basically a one-to-one -one correlation with a year of podcasts and a year of things to cover. Um, I think once we get out of 86, it starts getting easier yeah. uh, up until probably almost all the way through till the movie. So there will be a big chunk of historical time from 86 to 2007 mm -hmm. uh, that will get covered a lot quicker than, say, 1984 through 1986. So I yeah. think you know, ultimately the goal will be to get current, but then I won't have anything to talk about. So it would be get, get close to current, <laughs> I think, is really where I want to be. Well, there's some there's some lean years coming. You know, it's yep. like, you know, post G1, pre Beast era. Yeah, there's I mean, there's there there's a little bit there. But yeah, I, I hadn't even thought of that until just now. It's like, you know, it's it's going to be an accelerated pace once uh, once you get over this uh, next hump. But again, as you said, that's not going to be for uh, for quite some time yet. No, uh, but like, yeah, 1991 might be five episodes, like thinking mm -hmm. about it off the top of my head. Like it might, it might be five to seven episodes total, which mm -hmm. would, would be, you know, stark in comparison to say you know 1985 which was 45 episodes no it wasn't 45 that wouldn't make sense uh it was something like 30 i think 30 episodes 35 episodes yeah so it, yeah it's definitely a big difference mm -hmm. gotcha so and then uh, uh to round it out uh what advice do you have for folks that want to uh pursue their own artistic endeavors uh just do it um mm -hmm. if you want to do it do it i think that's um, that's something I follow from podcasts I listen to. So I listen yep. to, um, I listen to, I used to listen to a lot of Kevin Smith podcasts. Now I'm, I'm down to two, I think. Uh, I, I, I used to, I still listen to Chris Hardwick. You know, I, I listen to, um, people who have, uh, Rob Paulson and Talking Tunes. And it's that, have that positive attitude, have that can yeah. do, you know, as, uh, as Kevin Smith calls it, uh, uh, he calls it, um, uh, why not? You yep. know, why not? You know, and have that why not attitude of, of why not me? Why can't I do it? Because that's how yeah. I built the website. Someone said, "Why why don't you do it?" And I said, "Yeah, why why don't I do it?" You know, and the same thing for if you're going to do a podcast, if you're going to be you know do music. I used to play in bands. I, I put out a CD mm -hmm. on my own with my friends, and you know, I I, I I you know anything creative I've ever done, 
it's just because we wanted to do it. Just just do it. You know, who cares if no one sees it? Who cares if no one listens? Uh, if it's good, you know, you'll find a way to get it into people's ears or in front of their eyes. And if it's not, at least you say you got to say you did it. So I think that's that's the important part. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm I'm you know, we're uh, you know, we're both really into Kevin Smith and his philosophy on things. And actually, just a tangent for a quick sec. Oh, which uh, which two shows are you still with on uh... Uh, Hollywood Babylon? Uh-huh. Uh because that's kind of what introduced me to his his shows, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he's actually I, I've I've gotten mentioned on there twice I think. Oh really? <laughs> so, so yeah, if you go that's back, cool. uh, there was a, my last BotCon I went to. We, we we went we went there instead of doing the Universal tour, and uh, I wrote in and had the Germans. Uh, uh, tell us what to do for fun in, in Los Angeles. I think it was so. Uh, <laughs> it was that, and it was me, and it was and 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 to give you an idea of people yeah. who have been on my show and that you've probably now mm-hmm. learned about from my podcast. It was me. It was Alan, who is uh, does Toy Box Comics. Uh, he's the the brains behind that, right? And it was um, it was supposed to be John DeLuna, but he bailed on us, and it was another friend of ours. And uh, so it, you know, it, 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 we we got called out on that, and then I sent in a a, a Power Rangers toy for inappropriate toys that got raised read on air once uh, so i've been read on air twice on that uh that's awesome um i used to love education but i don't they haven't updated that in a while so i don't listen you know I, yeah. if, they, if they put up a new episode i would listen to it mm-hmm. and then uh i listen to fat man on batman fairly regular oh, fat man beyond as it's yeah now, uh, <laughs> exactly oh man that show is my jam and and having mark bernard in there as well just uh you know just that one two punch i that that's you know if i had to name what's currently my favorite podcast it's probably that um just because of the uh just the joy and delight that they have and mm-hmm. mark is like the right amount of snark for me and it really does a good balance for kevin's uh endless optimism <laughs> And it's yep. just, I, I really, really appreciate that show. It's a, it's a, it's a lot of fun. And uh, he's one of those people that can put something through a new lens and and make you see a movie or or a scene or a script in a way you never really thought of. Before. Oh man, yeah. I mean, like the things that they do with the audience questions, and actually, you know what, the audience usually comes up with some pretty good prime stuff because um, mm-hmm. you know I, I've been to many a convention where you know when you're doing open mic Q&A towards the end of a panel and hooey and uh, yeah I, that that just must be a better class of audience or something because uh, yeah. those, those well, conversations it's the right setting uh, you know the scum and villainy cantina mm-hmm. it's, it's certainly the right setting uh, uh, speaking of which if you're going to TFCon yeah. LA you should probably swing by there since it, you're, it'll you'll be in LA that's a really good point, and uh, yeah, I got I got to take a look at the geography on that um, because I think yeah, no, I, I'll figure it out later. But um, I mean, thanks for the suggestion. I hadn't even thought of that until now. Um, so if I if I can make it work, I totally will. Um, but yeah, so okay, so as uh, as uh, we get ready to uh, close out here. Um, Let's uh let's reset again. We're uh, we're talking to Anthony Bercali from uh, tfu.info, and um this coming up weekend, uh you are going to be at Toy Fair New York, uh you know doing uh, some live tweeting and some corresponding, and uh can you let folks know where they can keep up with the latest and greatest for all of your uh Toy Fair New York uh uh stuff and things. 
Sure. So Toy Fair New York, I, I, I can give you all the, the social medias, but the important ones mm-hmm. for Toy Fair are going to be my Twitter account, which is at TFU underscore info. So it's at TFU underscore INFO. That's where I'll be doing the live tweeting. So uh, the Hasbro event is on Saturday, February mm-hmm. 16th. It uh, starts a, I'll probably start tweeting around noon when I or, or 11 when I get on the train. Um, but the, the actual event takes place at one o'clock and that's all Eastern time. Uh, Mm -hmm. those, um, from there, that's usually, since there's no photos allowed, Twitter is the place that's going to be where, where you're going to see things. Uh, then once we get downstairs into the showroom, uh, I'll probably fire off a ton of photos for about a half hour Mm -hmm. and then, uh, uh, switch my phone to uh, do some YouTube stuff. So then that's the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash TFU info. That's all one word, TFU, I-N-F-O. Please subscribe. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's where, um, last year I did a live tour of the floor and I want to do that again this year. So it's not just Transformers down there. It's all of Hasbro's products. So I'll stick around the Hasbro area as long as I can. Uh, the Transformers area as long as they can but after that there's also the Marvel area and the Star Wars area and now the Power Rangers area uh, alongside of you know their play school stuff uh, some of the smaller brands that you may not see in photos from some of the other sites because they like to focus on generations I mm-hmm. will probably hit uh, some of the uh, some of the uh, off things like rescue bots and bot bots and things yeah, like that so yeah. Um, those will be there too, and then and again Marvel, and so there'll probably be you know for Marvel there'll probably be Captain Marvel figures, there'll probably be Endgame figures, there'll probably be uh, Star Wars Episode Nine figures there. Uh, so there, there's going to be a lot to see out of that. And then the following Tuesday, so that is the uh, the nineteenth, uh, I will be at the main uh, toy fair, which mm-hmm. is at the Jacob Javits Convention Center, uh, which is where they have New York Comic Con. Uh, I looked at the map, and I've never done the main toy fair. It's enormous. Um, Mattel has an entire wing of the convention center, so wow. um, I am I am really looking forward to seeing what what's there, and so I will be tweeting out. I don't know. I'll probably probably be doing some YouTube stuff and some mm-hmm. tweeting. Um, you know, I t- tend not to do things on Facebook because I get my posts get swallowed up. But if you want to go yeah. on Facebook, it's uh, Facebook.com/slash/tfuinfo, and uh, same for Instagram. Very cool. Well, uh, that's that's a whole lot to look forward to. On on the plug side, is there anything we left out that uh, that we didn't mention yet? Uh, no, uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, the only other yeah, I, I do uh, I do do a Transformers news podcast called uh, TFU News and Views. Uh, I don't do it. I don't update it that often. And when I do, I tend to throw it in the Transformers University feed as well. But if you want it separated out from your Transformers University, there is a feed available for that. Um, okay, so uh, before uh, before I let you go, and, and again, Anthony, this has been a whole lot of fun. I, I get the feeling we could talk for several more hours about several <laughs> more things, but um, um, let's see. So before before we part ways for now, is there anyone that you'd like to acknowledge or give shout outs to um, before before uh, we close out? Oh, um, well, uh, first and foremost, I got to give a shout out to my wife and my daughter for for. Uh, no, my wife for taking care of my my three and a half month old daughter mm-hmm. while I do this uh, two hours of podcasting. Uh, <laughs> so it's always nice to have a, an extra set of hands because, and you know what? Sometimes not extra set of hands. She it, she or she's the main set of hands. Let's really get let's let's call it what it is. Right. I'm the extra set of hands, uh, and uh, um, you know it's it, so you know. So there's that. Um, I would like to shout out the snowstorm outside that allowed me to work from home today instead of instead of having to go into the office. So there, the, let's shout out the snowstorm. <laughs> and then, um, 
you know what? Let's. Uh, there's so many good Transformers podcasts out there sure. that uh, uh, you could check out. So you know, Radio Free Cybertron. Brian is an old friend and a former Ouija, uh, you know, member. Uh, he's been doing that for a long time, and that that's a great show. So shout out to Brian Kilby. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the guys at Transmissions, uh, Jeremy and Charles and uh, uh, Daryl and Yoshi. Uh, they do a great show over yeah. there, uh, and. Shout out to Eric Crownover and the gang at um, Steel City Bots. They're a younger group of fans. They're all 25 or younger. Uh, and I love listening to that show because it reminds me, one, of me when I was younger uh, and getting back into this hobby. And then, yeah. two, uh, hearing their take on things that are supposed to be important to us is is always certainly really interesting and really different. And, I, and I, So those are the three shows I, w- I would totally recommend checking out. Yeah, absolutely, and I totally echo that as well. It's like I, I caught your uh, interview with Soundjack and like at, at one point it cracked me up like I forget I forget what, what you guys were talking about, but at one point you're just like, Jesus, I'm old. <laughs> it was like, it just, it just, that... Oh, because we were talking about my first BotCon. Oh, yeah, was... okay. Which was July of '99, and it was a week before he. It was Eric who was hosting. Uh, it was a week before he was born. Oh, uh, <laughs> wow! Yeah, so, yeah. So, so that that's one of those moments where you're like, um, I, I hung out with Eric one at uh, Hascon back in 2017. I think I made the joke. Uh, I was like, "How old are you?" I was like, "Oh my God, you could be my teen pregnancy." Uh, so. <laughs> bad uh yeah that certainly could be you know so yeah. it, it, but it's just really cool to hear hear their perspective on things because it, it certainly has a, a different ring uh, than some of the older more jaded folks uh that that, that uh like myself and like yeah. uh, like other people might yep it, it, i was just gonna echo that i was gonna say oh like like myself and my friends yeah but it's and again and we talked about this uh way earlier but it's it's a uniquely satisfying experience sharing this fandom with folks that aren't us. You know, it's like, you know, we, we talked earlier about, you know, it's it, it's a great time to be a Transformers fan. And, you know, there was all kinds of stuff we didn't even touch on, like, you know, uh, diversity and inclusion in the fiction. And, you know, it's just like it's... It, it's really cool. Like and I've talked about this before. Like I, you know, went to uh, TFCon Chicago uh, back in October, and just to see so many folks that weren't me out on the floor, and I'm just like, yeah, it's it's not just us crunchy g1ers anymore there's you know again entire generations of Transformers fans here with us, and and I think it's great. Yeah, uh, and and it's you know not just being a Transformers fan, this it's being a fan of just this kind of thing, this mm-hmm. nerd, you know, if you want to geek, whatever you want to sure, put this sure. under as a huge main header. Um, and the thing I use as an example is the uh, Netflix Voltron cartoon, which I am slowly making my way to the end on. And uh, you know, aside from it being an incredibly satisfying watch and, and just a really well done show. Uh, having attended a handful of the New York Comic Con panels and watching it grow from this small room in in yeah. the basement of the Javits Center to filling out the uh, Hammerstein Ballroom for the final one, um, which was uh, to give you an, uh, an idea of the size of Hammerstein Ballroom, I saw two concerts there in my college years. One was Megadeth, <laughs> the other was Pantera. Sure. Um, and so they, pa- I mean, to pack out that place with people. And young people and seeing like these basically kids from 14 to like 25, 26 uh, and being infectiously excited about a show like that. um, It it just makes you feel good. So, I mean, it's a good time to be a fan of, you know, 
things. It's a good time to be a fan of whatever it is you're a fan of, I think. Absolutely. I I think that's a really great way of putting it, and I think that's a really good place to cap things off for now. Uh, but thank you so much for taking the time today. This uh, This was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks again to Anthony Bercali for jumping on with me to talk about Toy Fair New York, again happening this weekend, February 16th through the 19th. Keep an eye on the TFU.info Twitter at TFU underscore info and their YouTube channel for the latest from the show floor. Uh, But uh, after we wrapped up the interview, Anthony sent me a video from his old band, Someone Else, from that one album he recorded with them, and I thought it would be rad if we closed out with that. Um, I'll also have that video linked in the show notes and on Mike Seibert Radio Facebook. Uh, it's really cool. It's a lot of fun. And eagle-eyed viewers should be able to pick Anthony out uh, pretty quickly. Um, and hey, on next week's show, it's episode number 200 and my interview with Kyle Stevens from Kirby Crackle celebrating 10 years of nerd rock and the beginning of my ongoing coverage leading up to Crackle Fest 9, which I will be hosting this year. Uh, So if you're in the Seattle area for Emerald City Comic Con, uh, drop by the Hard Rock uh, Friday evening for a night of Nerd Rock featuring Word Burglar, Mega Thruster, and Kirby Crackle, all of which will be upcoming guests on the podcast in the next few weeks, so stay tuned for that. Uh, But for now, I'll leave with someone else and their song Winter in July. For my guest Anthony Bercali, my name is Mike, this has been Mike Seibert Radio, and until next time, for For the 200th time, make good choices. Hey, Scummo. What do you want? It's time for someone else. Let's sing along.
did you think, Scummo? <laughs> oh, Scummo. <laughs> And that will do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you'd like to listen to my past episodes, including all of my KGRG College radio shows, subscribe on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, the Stitcher Radio app, Apple Podcasts, and on iTunes, or wherever you download your podcasts. Like, share, rate, and review the show wherever you find it. Leave a five-star review on iTunes. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MikeSybertRadio and write into the mailbag, MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com. And again, that spelling is S-E-I-B-E-R-T, just the way it sounds. Join us Friday, March 15th at Hard Rock Seattle for Cracklefest 9 featuring Word Burglar, Megathruster, and of course, the pioneers of nerd rock Kirby Crackle, I will be your host that night, and I hope to see you all out there. Emerald City Comic Con presents Cracklefest 9, A Night of Nerd Rock. For more information, including ticket info, videos, music, blogs, and more, check out KirbyCracklemusic.com. This has been Mike Seibert Radio. My name is Mike, and until next time, make good choices.